All right. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest, around the United States, Canada, wherever you may be listening and tuning in live tonight, as always, on Podbean. Uh, we are happy to bring you another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona, as always. My co-host, as always, joining me from Chandler, Arizona, Zach Bondurant is with us. Zach, how are you this evening? I'm good. Hanging in there. It's starting to cool down, I think, so uh, everything's <laughs> getting think, better. You think. I love it. I think. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, feels well, you know what? Yeah, it does. It, 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 the days are shorter, which means the sun isn't up quite as long, and it, it gets to 100, 204, something like that, but uh, we, can, we can tolerate that, right? I'm good with that. Yeah, that's that's fine with me. Well, another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Let's see, two weeks ago, we uh, talked about the uh, Arizona Coyotes and their plans for the draft and what we were going to do in the future with them. We made you put your GM hat on for the Coyotes. At that time, you were the GM because they didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> last week, last week we uh, talked Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, we made you put your GM hat on for that one too. Although they had a GM, so you, you kind of were de facto for a few for a little bit. Um, tonight, uh, your favorite team, if you will, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. You get to put the hat on and uh, assist Joe Sackick in making some decisions. So um, we're looking forward to that. We also are going to bring on uh, a special guest, a Colorado native. That can give us a little insight from the, the fan perspective, but also from the media perspective, a student at, uh, at, at Arizona State University and a Cronkite uh, student as well. We'll have him on in just a few minutes. But before we jump into that, Zach, tell me a little bit about uh, what you think of the Stanley Cup final right now. It looks like we could be awarding a cup here shortly. Yeah, um, it's up to nothing. Uh, my computer's showing eight minutes left, so... Uh, but stranger things have happened. Dallas is a never say die team, but, um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if Tampa closes out tonight and, um, like we had talked on the, the pandemic playoff podcast yesterday, the pressure was on Tampa. Um, so, uh, right now they're doing it and we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know what I've witnessed so far tonight, Zach, is, is a couple of things that stand out. I mean, uh, Paul brought it up last night. He said, what's going to have to happen is uh, the team that scores first and puts the most pressure on first probably has the advantage. And that's been the case shots right now, 27, 14 with seven forty-seven to go in the third period. But you know what else? Uh, Andre Vasileski has done a fantastic job of becoming the third defenseman tonight. Um, they commented just recently on the broadcast about uh, the number of times that he's taken the puck behind the net and set it up for a defenseman or a forward to get a breakout clean. So not only is he doing a great job in net and not allowing many rebounds, but he's also setting up the breakout. And if you have a guy that's in that zone, a goaltender in that zone, wow, what a difference that makes. Yeah, um, I mean, like we had seen with, with Joey Decord when he was with ASU, it's, it is helpful to have that puck playing goalie um, because he can make plays down the ice and uh, catch the offense, the opposing team's offense and defense um, just on their heels because they didn't expect a goalie to flip a puck down like that. Um, so it's definitely something to, to be aware of when you're preparing. And I mean, the one thing too, is that we have to consider is Vasilevsky's, um, uh, 
minus his his Stanley Cup Finals record, is pretty good at closing games out or series out. So uh, this is kind of his territory in a sense. But um, uh, I I mean he's he's an excellent goalie. There's a reason why the Lightning are there, and it's because they have such a good goalie like Vasilevsky. Yeah, no doubt about it. And like I said, when you're out shooting a team like they are and have a 2 nothing lead, so much different than, for example, when Vegas was playing uh, Vancouver or Dallas where they were out shooting them uh, dramatically, but they didn't have the lead to, to cushion it. So that, that causes a few problems here and there. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a little bittersweet if, if it should end tonight. It's either going to end tonight or Wednesday anyway, but it's a little bittersweet in the fact that we've gotten so used to hockey – again after uh, the pandemic the way it uh, changed life if you will um but so the bittersweet part of it uh, zach for me is that the uh the hockey will end temporarily but immediately next week we're going to jump into the uh the nhl draft and then it's going to be free agency and then um then i believe ncaa hockey will be back next and then you know training camps are going to start again and all that good stuff so um, it won't be long. It's going to be very strange, very different. Um, but after that, of course, ACHA is already slated to start in January. So it's it's not going to be a, a big time span like normally you would have uh, between the, the awarding of the Stanley Cup and the time everybody gets going again in the fall. So looking forward to that. Um, I do also want to talk just briefly about, uh, about the draft because uh, – <laughs> we had a little convincing to do last night with our co-host Paul that it was actually going to be Tuesday and Wednesday, but it's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Yeah, no, it, it's already <laughs> set. Sorry, Paul, but that's unfortunately it, it is not Monday, but or a Friday like traditionally. But uh, at least we'll be able to watch it uh, after work uh, on Tuesday, and you can listen to it while you're at work on Wednesday. Exactly. And then next Sunday, we'll have our uh, pandemic playoff podcast again, where we'll break it all down as to who took what and who's going where. So expect this week, uh, Zach, I think it's fair to say there's going to be a lot of movement uh, for teams jockeying for for draft picks and for moving players to get picks and and maybe uh, some teams passing picks on to other teams. But uh, before we jump into Colorado, um, we broke down very well, I thought, the fact that uh, the Coyotes are in dire straits as far as picks. The Golden Knights are uh, maybe yeah middle of the road in picks, but the Colorado Avalanche have everybody except one second rounder. Is that correct? Yeah. So the um, they don't have their third and sixth rounder, but they have the Leafs third round and the Panthers sixth round. So yeah, I'll take um, those. I'll take those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, they moved up. Uh, they moved up the list in those rounds. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the only round they don't have a pick this year is a second, and uh, I believe that was because that was traded in a piece for um, Barakowski, the signing rights to him. And, honestly, I mean, that worked out fantastic. He he crushed it this year, so I'll give him the second round for what Barakowski did. And I think he definitely earned – I think he earned a contract, and I, I hope he earned his contract and a place on next year's roster because he was out of his mind. And he was – for what we what we gave up for him, he was perfect. 
Yeah, I like that. And, and I really like the we part of it. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I'm going to very much try. I'm going to very, I, I've been an Avs fan my entire life. I know, and I'm gonna yeah. Very, I, I know, very yeah. much try to do be unbiased, but um, it might be hard. Well, listen, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the Vegas Golden Knights locker room a lot during the season, and it, it kind of just grows on you, right? Uh, I live in Arizona and obviously been a Coyote fan uh, for years. We're happy to bring Colorado in. I think it's a big, big boost, not only for our professional ranks in the NHL and AHL and our coverage area, but uh, I am so looking forward to, to having the Colorado Colleges as well. And speaking of Colorado College, we do have the head coach joining us tomorrow night. Uh, Mike Cavlin is going to join us on our NCAA College Hockey Southwest Weekly Show. So that will be a lot of fun as we uh, get get a little deeper into uh, the Colorado roots and, and things like that. Let's take a quick break, Zach, and let's come back and bring on our uh, our last-minute special guest that we brought that I kind of rounded up and brought him on. So we'll be right back in about three minutes with Reagan Smith, uh, the Colorado native and Cronkite student here at ASU. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy, big William Carlson fan, or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your pot with mDrive. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our Three Valley locations or check us out online at behindthemask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Another edition, another episode, if you will, of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant from Chandler, Arizona. And it's our pleasure to bring in a uh, Arizona State student, but Colorado native, and a collector of all things hockey, 
uh, Reagan Smith has joined us. Reagan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How about you? Well, I'm doing great, but uh, we have so many things to talk about. This is uh, devoted to uh, our new coverage spot, which is Colorado, which is nice for you because that's, that's home, correct? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So before we dig into the avalanche, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing this year at, uh, at ASU and what it's been like getting back with the, uh, with the pandemic uh, still in force, I guess, right? Right. Um, so this year, um, my focus since I graduate this semester, actually, um, is, is still with women's hockey. I'm the club team at ASU. Um, we're hoping to actually start doing their Thursday uh, morning, start doing scrimmages and live streaming them out to the families because people are asking for it. But um, that's kind of taken up, uh, taken up the most of my time and then just getting ready for graduation. I hear you. So, uh, what's plans after graduation? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Um, I think much to uh, my mother's dismay, I'm uh, <laughs> applying to uh, teach uh, over in Japan um, to teach English because um, my minor is Japanese or should be Japanese, assuming I don't bomb the last few <laughs> months. <laughs> um, it should uh, that should be my minor, and I figured if I want to get out of the country and travel and kind of see the world, I got to do it now, not not a few years down the road. So I, I'd love to be able to teach English in Japan. Uh, I hear, you. and you spent some time over there, correct? Indeed, I uh, last last summer I spent two months in uh, Hiroshima um, studying. Okay, so let's jump in. You got uh, me, of course, and Zach is with us. And Zach does all of our photography f uh, for our shows and, and for our website. So I don't know if you've met Zach personally, but if you haven't, here's your formal introduction. Zach, fire away with Reagan, and let's talk some Colorado Avalanche hockey. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him out at the at the ASU games. Um, I think we've had a few opportunities to chit-chat, but um, kind of what we've just been doing over the past two weeks is going over um, – the, the situations facing the Coyotes, uh, last week Vegas, now uh, Colorado. And, I mean, me personally, of the three teams that, that Ice Time Hockey Southwest covers, I feel like Colorado's the best team uh, in the sense that uh, they're, they're not in cap trouble. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and, I mean, as of right now, they got a bunch of teams or a bunch of guys they have to re-sign or even some guys that they may let go. One of the ones that I think is interesting, it'll be interesting to hear your opinion on it as well, is Jost, because he is a restricted free agent. Um, and I don't know necessarily if he fits in with the roster going forward next year, unless he's yeah. going to be playing like a fourth or a third line role. Yeah, it's something that uh, I've had kind of gone back and forth. I've, in all honesty, I've never been a huge Tyson Jost fan from the get go. Um, but. He's just not a player that really seemingly fits in with the the chemistry of this team. And if you keep him, you'd maybe try to keep him at a fourth line. But with that being said, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me to see Bednar re-sign Jost and then try to ship him off during the season. I think that could end up paying some huge dividends because Jost has still has such an upside that he can go somewhere else and he could easily end up killing it on another team. So I think if you're the Avs, you may want to re-sign and then try to get something for him. Yeah, I agree. And I was kind of, when they drafted him in 16, I was kind of like, well, who? 
And I was, <laughs> I would, I had my sights set on Sergachev, and he kept dropping and dropping. And then the Canadians picked him up, picked just before Colorado. Um, oh. But if you look at that draft year, I mean, man, you got like McAvoy, who was four picks after Chikrin, who was six picks after. So it's one of those things. I think it's really the only blunder, if you want to call it a blunder, that Sakic has had over the over his tenure. Um, but that's just that's my opinion. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, all you have to look back is uh, at the Kale McCarr draft pick. People are like, what? And now, yeah, hello, kids laughing. Yeah, exactly. And do you think? How do you feel about their their goaltending situation going forward next year? I know a lot of the free agents coming up were kind of tied to um specifically Murray, uh, Matt Murray from the Penguins. Um, I've heard that Sackick's comfortable with where they're at. What do you think about it? I think if you're the abs, I think you almost have to look at this free agency and see just how many goaltenders, solid goaltenders are out there this year that you may have to pull the trigger and try to grab one in. Um, all, all in all, I thought the tandem was fantastic. I think Francois almost had like a playoff choke um, in many ways, but I don't know. It, the abs goaltending could easily be better, I think, but you're in a situation to where you've put so much faith and trust. Do you really give either goaltender the cold shoulder? I don't know if you could do that. Yeah. And I agree. And I mean, two of the, two of the goalies that uh, are potential buyout candidates are Devin Dubnik from the wild and then Hendrick Lundqvist from the Rangers. Um, I personally think a tandem of Grubauer and Lundqvist would be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, But my question would be is how much is Lundqvist going to want? Because uh, you and I both know that Sackett doesn't hand out long, long-term long contracts unless you're, you're a franchise guy like Rantanen or Mac, or And he's probably not going to get the money that he could be asking for because the Avs are in such a good position financially because Sackett is very careful on where he doles out money. Right. It's going to be, I think, a clash of egos because I think no matter what, whoever the ads, if the ads bring in anyone and pray tell it's not Dubnik, I, oh God, please no. Um, God, but, I agree. <laughs> 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 um, if they bring in anyone that's uh, has been a known star, I think they are going to expect that they're going to get either split starting time or expect to be the starter. I think that's what the ads are going to have to really kind of milk and maintain is that Grubauer thinks that he should be the starter. He thinks he's proved himself. And I would agree more or less, but it's, I don't know. It's, I guess really what Sackick and Bednar want to do with the team, because I don't know if there's an easy answer to that because whoever you pick, I think will want to be the starter and you may have a real goalie battle on your hands. Yeah, yeah, and I and I'm I'm hesitant to say Grubauer is the guy just yet, which is why yeah. I think in the draft they're going to look to try and find some goalies. Um, so it, it'll be really interesting because their prospect pool is the top five go as Byron, who's defense, Timmins defense, uh, Kamenev forward, Newhook yep. forward, and Cal for, forward. So I, it's. I mean, they, they're pretty locked and loaded as far as uh, the out the skate out five, but I think they've got to really look for a prospect in the goalie position. Yeah, and 
Guys, I'm going to jump in just for a minute because we do have a Stanley Cup champion. The Tampa Bay Lightning have just clinched, and the celebration is on in Edmonton. So, all right, go back to it. <laughs> I, I, I must say I'm, I am very, very happy that this was the result. <laughs> <laughs> I have. It's not I, have in the I picked them in six. <laughs> I just have a dis- – I think it's probably because my very first Avalanche game I went to was a Stars game. Um, Cody McLeod and Rousseau went at it. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I've had a disdain for Dallas. So the, the semifinals were just a gut-wrenching time. And now I, I'm just happy that Tampa Bay <laughs> spoiled their party. <laughs> Reagan, I want to ask you this because I passed through, uh, through Colorado a couple of times this summer uh, in my uh, ventures back to Minnesota and back and uh, I haven't really gotten a feel for what it's been like. What, what, what's the talk been about the Avalanche? And, you know, they, I know expected them to go further than they did. And the injury to, to Grubauer was a big thing. But uh, what's the talk been? Has, uh, has the fan base there been – what's it been? <laughs> um, I think after we lost everybody, and especially once Landis Scott went down from a car skate, I think a lot of the the fans' things were, well, we packed in a huge fight and we almost did it. We almost did it. And to me, that's not good enough, in all honesty. I'm kind of cynical about this season, actually. But most of the fans were okay with how this season ended, considering the circumstances that had been thrown onto them um, with injuries. But I, I think if you really break it down, anything less than a conference final was is a disappointment of a season. And I think it stings a little bit more to see that the Avs with basically an AHL team minus that top line, um, almost beat Dallas in seven and probably should have, they should never have given up that goal 10 seconds after they took the lead with three minutes left in game seven. Um, but yeah, I mean, the most fans are okay with what had happened. I'm personally not, but that's more, more or less just my own gripe. Okay, so I know Zach has looked over the uh, the draft uh, situation for Colorado, and we talked uh, just coming onto the show about uh, the Coyotes' deep trouble in their draft. They just don't have any uh, picks. Uh, they start at one eleven. I think we we uh, talked about last night, and then uh, Vegas is okay, but their their cap space is going to need to do some juggling here and there. Uh, Colorado's in pretty good shape. Their their roster is pretty solid right now. And they can actually go out and 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 get the best picks that that fit their needs. So, um, Zach, you break down the the first run, and then let Reagan break down uh, uh, what he thinks of uh, what's going to happen in that draft. Um. Yeah, and you're right. Coyotes pick at one eleven, which is very daunting if you're a Yotes fan, especially if you're going to the rebuild. Um. But I mean, like like we had talked about. I think Colorado is going to really try and, and get a goalie. Um, in the first round, it might be tough. I, I, I actually have a feeling they may trade that pick and try to move back to the second round, uh, about the top half of it, to see if they can they can get a goalie there. Um, and you may also look for it in the third round. I don't I don't know. This draft is this draft is just so deep. And I think this this playoffs have really shown that uh, that you need to have a, a solid goalie depth if you're going to try and make a run at anything, just because you never know what's going to happen. 
Um, I, I hope the Abs try and pick up a goalie. Um, but again, at this point, I know you said that I'd be helping out Joe tonight, but I think in Joe, I trust. <laughs> I, I think I think he's got a pretty good pretty good grasp on it ever since that uh the duchene trade where he took back what 12 pieces and he sent one <laughs> out so since that point i've kind of just say okay he's got it but um that's kind of what i look for is for them to to grab a goalie um get the you know get that offensive depth and um i think maybe potentially try and move out some of the guys uh like a nikita zadorov uh, if they do either a uh rights trade or, or whatnot, but they're going to have to make some room somehow for all these guys coming up that we had talked about, like Bowers and Timmons and, and new hook will probably be ready to pop up to the, to the pros pretty soon. So um, the, the problems that Joe Sackick has are good problems because you have too many good players yep. and their contracts are all entry level pretty much. So Reagan, your thoughts on that? I think he kind of nailed nailed it on the head. I think the Avs could easily trade away that first-round pick and trade down because the, the talent is just freaking oozing out of this team in every facet, NHL, AHL, uh, players yet to actually sign contracts. But um, it, it'll be interesting because I could easily see the Avs going for forward as well in the first round. Um, I don't necessarily know who – that would be, um, I think, ideally, is I don't. It would never happen. But if Connor Zary or even somebody like right, uh, Ridley Craig could fall down, it would be sweet to have um, either another great center or left winger. But yeah, no, I think I think uh, you nailed it pretty much flat on the head. Abs are just about where they need to be, and they're they've invested in the youth so much and. Another piece like that would almost cement the abs into having a long, long window of opportunity to play for a cup or multiple cups. Yeah, I think I agree with both of you. I think uh, uh, that's a good breakdown all the way across the board. It's, it's, it's a nice problem to have, like Zach said, where you have a roster so deep already that you can fill pieces and uh, let guys develop, if you will. Uh, we know in the NHL draft there's a lot of guys that come up that, that need some development time, especially if they're defensemen or whatever. But it's also nice to have that first-round pick and really not, quote-unquote, need it. So uh, yeah. that is a great bargaining chip, especially to teams that are hurting in the draft. And uh, we're talking about the Arizona Coyotes right, right now is needing a number one pick real bad. So uh, it'll be interesting. You guys have any crazy thoughts? Zach, you have any crazy thoughts of something that might happen between now and draft day for the Avalanche? Um, no. I, I Honestly, I think there's been talk of, of Picarangelo wanting to go to Colorado or being a good fit, Taylor Hall being a good fit, Krug being a good fit. I don't think any of, any of those three end up there. I don't think Joe's going to go out and, and spend massive money on a free agent. Um, I think if he does anything, he's just going to shore up some of his guys that he's got to put on a contract. Um, and that that's kind of it. And, I mean, even the guys that he's got to put – He's got a sign. I think. I think the biggest thing will be the Barakovsky uh, contract. I think that'll be the biggest noise we'll hear out of Colorado if there's anything between here and the draft. Reagan, any wild thoughts uh, that you have? Uh, surprises or anything that might happen between now and draft day? 
Um, I, I guess, and this one wouldn't necessarily be a huge surprise. You're focusing, or Zach's focusing on Burakovsky. I could easily see uh, Sakic, though, just re-signing Gabriel Landeskog this this offseason. You have about 22-ish million in, ca- in cap space this season. That's and true. I think... And the Avs can the Avs can absolutely get a middle tier forward because I still think that they're trying to shore up uh, to have a solid top three full top three um, lines. Um, and they can, and with the twenty two million cap space, you can sign Gabe Landeskog, just not have to worry about that next season, and then also get a solid uh, a solid forward. Who that would be, no clue. But. Um, and then just kind of uh, see where the chips fall. I think Burakovsky um, would also be a good one to sign too. But yeah, I don't think the abs are going to be as vocal as people expect them to be. And I certainly don't see them trying to sign uh, a superstar with Angelo or Hall. Uh, and God willing, again, it's not Hall. I agree. <laughs> I, <laughs> me and him are, are hitting on all cylinders right now because I agree. <laughs> Well, you know, he, he kind of got thrown into it, Zach. I'll, I'll tell you, he got prodded today by uh, by somebody else, another photographer. I'm going to leave the name out. If you guys want to say it, you go ahead and say it. But I'm going to leave her <laughs> out of this. But she kind of prodded today, and, and Reagan was uh, was up to, to jumping on. So, uh, Riley, I don't know where you went. <laughs> you did but, say your name. <laughs> oh, did I? I'm sorry. Way to, way to throw her under the bus. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're having some fun because we know uh, we jostled back and forth on Twitter with you guys uh, during the uh, the playoffs. But, Reagan, I want to ask you about uh, just your thoughts on the NHL and what they've done. Now that it's over and the Stanley Cup is being uh, walked onto the ice and ready to be presented, what were your thoughts about the way the NHL handled everything from – from start to finish, from the pandemic uh, when it first hit us to uh, structuring the two bubbles and now handing off a, a Stanley Cup that I think a lot of people in March or April thought would never happen this year. Yeah, well, the, the fact that this this whole tournament went off without a hitch is beyond, beyond shocking to me. So the, the fact that this went off so well, I think, is incredibly telling of how good the NHL handled this whole thing. I know players weren't necessarily too happy. They feel like they had been oversold on the amenities. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you're staying at a luxury hotel with free food all around you. So it may, it may suck, but at least at least it's not horrible. Um, I was going to say, I'll go play hockey for a couple <laughs> months in those conditions. Right. <laughs> um, I thought they, I thought they handled it really well, and it's this weird feeling that I have right now, knowing that the season's done, but also knowing that if this was a normal year, we'd be watching training camp uh, preseason <laughs> right. hockey right now. So, um, in a weird way, I'm ready for a few months off, uh, and just kind of ready to start fresh. Probably, I'd imagine with the sixty game, sixty two, sixty one game season um, in January, but. Now that it's done, I, I'm hoping the next season comes around. Even if there's no fans, we can we can at least see teams play in their own arenas. And I mean, I'm just ready for a new start because I don't think I can handle another another year of uh, just bubble hockey. I don't, I don't think I would enjoy it. <laughs> I hear you. I want to ask you this too, and then uh, Zach, you can jump back in with some questions. But uh, when I look at it, Reagan, you and I are, uh, and Zach as well, but you and I are in that press box at, at ASU, and we know what the fans are like. 
uh, 900 of them screaming for NCAA hockey. We've all been in NHL arenas. Um, how do you think the, the players handled the fact that there was nobody there live? I thought they did a fantastic job of uh, still playing top-level hockey, but uh, it had to be odd at the very least, right? Yeah, and I because my, uh, my, my mentor slash boss was in the bubble for uh, the tournament, and he kind of reiterated this idea that the players are making the best of what they had. But at the same time, it's just like there's a lot of back and forth hockey rather than having that emotion sometimes. Very streaky, very, uh, very up and down rather than necessarily a playoff atmosphere or playoff feel. That being said, I think the players did a phenomenal job because I think they were ready to be back out there as a whole. Um, but yeah, something felt like it was missing, even it just just the style of play. It was definitely professional. It was definitely fast and awesome to watch. But something just felt like it was missing that extra punch. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and, uh, let me throw this real quick, Zach. Uh, yeah, Stamkos, Stamkos did come out in uniform and take the cup from the commissioner. And the trivia question was, yes, he handed it to Victor Hedman. Okay, go ahead, Zach. Wow. I saw a meme today, and it's pretty harsh on Stamkos, but it was Ralph from from The Simpsons, and he it was said Stamkos across him, and it said, I'm helping too. <laughs> it's, it's kind of sad because he was so pivotal for them being where they are now that he couldn't play. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. I've heard rumors of him maybe being shipped out, but we'll see. But... Um, I don't even know. We're on the avalanche. I'm trying to get back to the abs here. Um, oh, how are you going to watch hockey from Japan? <laughs> Is that going to uh, – do they have – are you going to be able to tune into NHL Network? Jesus. I mean, I have my ways of watching games. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, the time difference will be the biggest, uh, the biggest hassle. Um, there's – 16 hours ahead, I want to say, of Colorado. So it'll be weird nights, weird mornings. <laughs> Lord help you if they make it to the finals. I know you're going to watch <laughs> it. Yeah, if, 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 I'm, if I'm teaching, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to uh, get that and listen to it somehow, some way. Class is canceled for today, kids. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I got fired. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you one thing. Our plans are to uh, to more than just stumble through Colorado a lot. We've got uh, NCAA coverage, and I know uh, being an ASU Sun Devil as well, you're uh, you're pretty amped up for the start of uh, NCAA hockey. But we're going to have uh, Colorado College, Denver, and Air Force also in our coverage area now. So it's going to be fun. I think some rivalries are building between ASU and and Denver for sure. Uh, I think Colorado College and Air Force will also be. So while we're still on the avalanche, just give us your thoughts on on Arizona State and what it's been like to watch uh, NCAA hockey there. Um, it's been incredible because you know it's very much kind of like the same idea with women's hockey. I saw them when they were at their absolute worst as a brand new team. <laughs> and, worse, and worse not meaning that in terms of they are just at a low point, but they're brand new. Like they they didn't have a full roster, all that. And then all of a sudden you get into last season and they're 
and their uh, comp, their regional championship game, one win away from going to nationals, which got canceled. So kind of happy that maybe they didn't make it. But, um, and it's kind of been the same thing. I think the very first year I covered men's hockey was two years ago. So that very first season that they made the tournament. And it was such a shock because I remember the first series were like, okay, this, team's, this team looks pretty good. And then the Ohio State series happens. And I think all of us in the locker room who were covering the team at the time were like, oh, this is a, this is a team that can make some noise this year. And they snuck in, and I know they lost to Quinnipiac in that very first round, but all of a sudden this team was like crazy, and then they just carried it on. And that's been so cool to see a team that plays in a, in a barn that everybody makes fun of, and I mean everybody, and yet still kind of throw this adversity out of the way say, you know what? So be it. It's that it's the it's the on ice product that matters. None of this noise outside of it. And to see what Coach Powers has done with this team has been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm excited to see what they do uh, in the future for sure. Okay, Zach, fire away one more, and then I'll give my last one in, and we'll let Reagan uh, get back to doing some homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. We've, we've pretty much hit on all of it, to be honest with you. I guess the next one would be, um, do you think they move out Eric Johnson uh, anytime soon to, to make room for, for the guys that are going to be coming up, like Byron and Timmons, even though you know, Zadorov is, is on a contract that's ending that ended this year? Uh, Johnson's got a big cap hit. What do you think about that? Because I know I've heard a few things about it, but I – it's hard to it's hard to say because I think Sackett's got a he's got a soft spot for Johnson because that was his first first big move as GM. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting dilemma because he takes six million of your space every single year, and I think he's on the abs until twenty twenty four. So yeah. I mean, I, do I think Johnson lasts that long? No, but I don't think that. I, I think he's got at least another year or at least a year for sure, but probably two before I think Sackett thinks about shipping him off. There's something that he brings um, and I, he deserves that alternate captaincy, even though we never really talk, people never really talk about it. His leadership is something else. And once the games that he was absent from the playoffs this year, it felt like the abs were lacking something. And, Although Eric Johnson's not that player that you're always like, oh, man, he's on the ice. Look at him. Look at him. He's definitely someone I think who brings a lot of stability to the team, and especially with the youth that's coming into this team, and, and it's flooding in. I, I just don't think that you can afford to get rid of him because of his presence and what he brings to the locker room. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at, too. I'm, it'll be interesting to see because he is that heart and soul player that I think – that they need to have. But like you said, 6 million for another three, four years. That's, that's a lot. So we'll yeah. see what they do, but yeah, I, I think they should, they, sh they probably should hang on to him because like you said, that heart and soul that he brings. All right, Reagan, here's the, here's the last one for me and then we'll let you go. Um, the M and M boys, McKinnon and McCarr, uh, <laughs> they bonded uh, right away. They seem to have connected on and off the ice I don't know that there's two more guys that want to win more than those two in the NHL. You, you being a, a native of Colorado, you've had a chance to see him a little more up close and personal than, than I have. Maybe not Zach, because he's pretty much a diehard. But but give me your <laughs> thoughts on those two and, 
and where do you see the future being for those two? I mean, we got a Calder Trophy winner, we got a Lady Bing uh, uh, Trophy winner. Um, just how far do those two go, and how good do they get in your estimation? Um, the Lady Bing's Lady Bing. I'm just going to say that off the bat, and uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like he's been snuffed of the uh, snuffed of the heart uh, too too many times, but. In terms of winning, I think you want you want to build a team around players with heart and almost two different spectrums of heart. McKinnon's not afraid to get into people's faces on the bench and be like, "Yo, get your act together. We got to start doing something." And then you know he's always given one hundred and ten percent on the ice, and it feels like a lot of times not necessarily the rest of the team is. And then you have McCarr, who's just this youth, a kid who's not afraid to lay the body out, but at the same time, at this new breed of physical but speedy but yet also not in terms of being an he's not an enforcer he's not someone who would normally lay the body around basically he's the new breed i think of defensemen like i mean him hughes especially it's just you see two sides of heart you have your leadership and vocal leadership and then you have someone who kind of shuts up gets on the ice and uh puts on a show on his own right in the car. And I think those two together really are an awesome dynamic to have because when one can be vocal, the other one can be follow my lead. And that's awesome. Boy, that was well put because uh, I saw that same thing. Um, I think you elegantly put it out there for everybody to understand and to watch for the future. Uh, the thing that, that I really liked about Kale McCarr and I'll end it on this one is uh, there was a lot of talk between uh, him and Quinn Hughes and what I saw from Kale McCarr this year was um, a playmaking ability, but where I really thought he differed from Hughes was the defensive effort, and specifically when he made a mistake, he seemed like he was able to get back 90 95% of the time and do something about his own mistake. Did you see that as well, or is that just my eyes? No, I, and that's what's stood out to me between Hughes and McCarr. McCarr is a better defenseman in terms of playing the pure defenseman role. McCarr doesn't usually make mistakes, but when he did, he would either make up for it within the next shift or whatever. It, either he would make up for it and get the puck back for, after his mistake, or he'd make up on it the next shift. The dude has no quit. Um, and I think that's really what stood out. That I mean, you want to talk about a two-way defenseman. He's the pure, uh, one of the purest out there currently. All right, Reagan Smith, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know we put you up at the last moment, or we didn't. Your friend Riley did. <laughs> Threw <laughs> me into that. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for backing her up, because uh, one day she'll come on, because women belong in sports, and I know how important that is to her. We'll, we'll get her on, we'll drag her on, and we'll make her talk a little abs hockey as well. So thanks for joining us. Be safe out there. Finish up this uh, semester graduate like you uh, need to do get that uh, minor in japanese and and uh text me from japan once or twice okay will do thank you guys for having me absolutely that's reagan one. smith uh colorado native uh cronkite student here at asu we're gonna take another quick break zach and i are gonna come back and we're gonna wrap up another episode of professional hockey southwest weekly in two minutes looking for your next car head out to 2401 west bell road in phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving. 
like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Free game like a pro. Post game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. All right, we're back. Another episode of uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you as always from Scottsdale, Arizona. I shouldn't say always. I've gotten stuck on that, Zach, but I've been here for a little while now, so uh, I, I can say Scottsdale. And, and Zach Mondram, my co-host in Chandler, Arizona. But um, kind of fun to bring on uh, a Colorado native and, and have him give his insights as well with Reagan. So just give me a quick recap of his thoughts and what you uh, thought of our conversation. Well, I like that he was pretty straightforward in the sense that he did not want Taylor Hall or um, or going to get me caught on the name, goalie for the Wild. Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik. Dubnik. Darcy <laughs> Kemper was the only name coming up because I knew it was a D. Um, uh, Dubnik. Yeah, so, I mean, I like that he was pretty, like, straight up with it. Um, I, he knows his stuff. Um Definitely all the luck to him, and, and I, I really hope that he gets to, to make his way over to Japan and um, he gets to stay up at till like, 4 o'clock in the morning watching the Avalanche <laughs> Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's well put. And maybe we'll be there shooting it. You'll be there shooting it, and I'll be there covering it. So uh, let, let's I'm hope for all, all good things moving forward. But, uh, as I said at the start of the show, this was the Avalanche show we – we broke into it a little bit, and we do want to congratulate the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning for uh, for winning the uh, Stanley Cup tonight. Uh, it's uh, like I said earlier, it's bittersweet because now it's officially over for the twenty 
2019-2020 season. I got to try to get these all right. Okay. So I know. <laughs> the, the 2020 season has ended. The 2021 season will begin shortly. Uh, right now, the focus is going to go to uh, the draft. It's also going to go to uh, free agents. And, of course, the uh, the movement in and around the draft to see who goes where and what happens with what. But I think you did a great job of laying them all out. I appreciate uh, your hard work on it because, um, you know, looking through the the numbers and, and seeing what possibly could work and playing devil's advocate with uh, with different things is, is not only fun, but it's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to – you kind of got to prep to see uh... – you know, look at the prospects and, and more of the avalanche situation because, like I said, in, in between the three teams we cover, between Colorado, Vegas, and Arizona, they're probably the the best team in the sense of what they have for cap space. They're not going to be pressed to try and move out somebody that they don't have to. Um, their prospect pool is incredibly deep. Uh, I don't think we can really say that about the other two organizations. One, because Vegas has has played those chips in order to get players that will make them better now. And the Coyotes have uh, their own little situation going on. But um, the – That's putting it mildly, right? Yeah. I, 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 I still got a lot of love for him. Got a lot of love for him. It's, just, it's, it's a bummer in the sense that the rebuild could start out differently. But uh, back for Colorado, it's also they're young. They're young. Um, Reagan said anything less than the conference finals was, was a bit of a disappointment. And to some extent, I can agree. Um, this was Grubauer's first year with the team. Um, uh, I think he's still trying to figure out what it's like to be a true number one for a team that is as good as the avalanche. Uh, so, you know, there, there's, there's some learning curves and, uh, I think next year and we talked about Tyson Jost, I think that's going to be an interesting situation that I pay attention to, to see because they spent a first round 10th overall pick on him and he hasn't quite developed the way I think the uh, the abs had wanted him to. Um, so I think he's he may have to change the way he he goes about playing, uh, get a little bit tougher. He may have to put on some weight um, if he wants to stay and he wants to be that third, fourth line center. Um, but they're young. I mean, this team is young. They've got oodles of cap space the sky's the limit um he also had a good point of maybe they try and sign landy this summer so that way they've got the core three of rantanen mckinnon and landeskog all shored up and then the next one that comes up depending on how long they sign landeskog for will be mac in 2324 um so uh, the sky's the limit for this I see a lot of good things happening for them. They're young. They got cap space. Their prospect pool is is incredibly deep. That's the trifecta. That's what that's what every GM wants. So um, it's just time to put the product out on the ice and, and see what these guys uh, see what these guys give you. You know, when we look at all three teams uh, in the NHL that we cover here, Zach. Um, uh, <laughs> There really are no weaknesses in Colorado. I guess, guess maybe if you look for weakness, it's depth, but not even really. It's just maybe more experience. 
uh, in, in competition, Stanley Cup playoff competition. Uh, yeah. But they gained a lot of experience on that this year. And the only thing you can really say with Colorado is they just need some good luck and some good health. I mean, who knows how far they would have gone had they not uh, completely broken down in injuries, uh, you know, in the last uh, last series, basically. But yeah. uh, you know, e- even then, they were, you know, a goal away from, from advancing and, and getting a shot at, uh, at Vegas. So uh, a lot of things happen. I'm so excited to see the draft because I just want to see what everybody does moving picks. I think that number one pick that Colorado has is going to be coveted by somebody. And because it is a little bit back, obviously, in the first round, um, there might be a lot of teams that are looking for that just because they can move up and maybe not give up like you would have to to move into the top 10, for example. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what that um, what that really does, because uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's just so evolutionary. Right. I mean, it. Guys evolve, they get better. But the one thing I think we're seeing across the NHL is there is a broader base. And Coach Powers talks about this at the NCAA level, right? There's not enough stalls, as he'll call it, in the locker room for all the players that deserve to play NCAA hockey. Well, we're getting that way with the NHL right now. I mean, you're talking about a guy like Tyson Jost, and nothing against Tyson Jost, but he came out of a top program at North Dakota and he probably is not a good fit in Colorado, but you're talking about a great hockey player that uh, is having a tough time fitting in in a very, very strong National Hockey League. Yeah, and I think that's one of the players that may have just been caught up in the wrong system at the wrong time because if you look at when he came in, um, that's when the team – I think that's right around the time Comfer – really started to make make waves with the organization. And I don't remember when Kerfoot signed, but when you look at those, Jost was considered a second-line center. Comfer and Kerfoot were kind of jockeying to see who was going to be either a second-line winger or that third-line center. Comfort developed, which I'm super stoked about because I got to see him playing at the University of Michigan for, uh, I think, a year, maybe, maybe two. But... Um, I mean, it's. I think he just got caught up in the wrong system for the sense that there was just so much other talent that maybe it's just not the right fit for him in this way, and maybe not. Maybe maybe they sit down and say, "Hey, we need to put we need to put some weight on you," and and you know they go to the trainer and they get him on a different plan, and maybe he gets a little bit more sandpaper to his game. And maybe that's how he flourishes with this team, if he does indeed want to stay. Um, but if he doesn't, I completely understand. Sometimes you need a fresh start. He's only 22. He's restricted right now. And that could be a player that's packaged with that first-round pick for the Avs to cultivate a high second-rounder and maybe a player coming back the other way. So um, there's a lot of things that can that can happen on draft day. And, and that's probably the thing I know you asked what's going to make waves. I think it's, it's going to be a uh, contract signings. Um, I said Burkowski and, um, and Reagan had said Landy. And I think those, those two are, are highly likely uh, draft day. I, I would look to see maybe uh, Jost's his rights moved um, for, for a pick. That's usually how it'll go. And maybe Nikita Zadorov, his rights moved for a pick as well. 
depending on what they see coming down the, the free agent pop pipeline and what they can afford and who they want to bring in. But um, the draft is going to be very interesting because that's when, that's when everybody's got to really make a play to set themselves up for next year. And with things being a little bit different this year, uh, of course, that's going to lead to some kind, some very odd things going on, and um, I.e. I. the hard cap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I know my focus is just trying to like focus on okay, let's get back to just let's just get back to what we want, and what we want is hockey. So we're back there. Um, yeah, things are different, but in the sense now we've been doing this for how long? So and my the way I look at it is it's not different. Let's just get up and go to work. Let's do our thing. So um, I think all these GMs are going to be able to kind of to to rise and shine on those on those terms and just get rocking and, and see what we see what we get out of it. Well, I think we know one thing for certain. Uh, Joe Sackick has done an incredible job of building a very very strong hockey team and staying well below the cap. And I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I mean, that you look at the roster and you look at the talent and you go like, how did you put all these pieces together and still have 20 plus million dollars in cap space? Yeah, you know, I mean, we know how Vegas did it with George McPhee, but I, I think there's something about ex-players and I, I hope, uh, and I really got my fingers crossed in this one, Zach, that, that Bill Armstrong is able to do what he needs to do with the Coyotes because I know uh, there was a strong push for uh, Shane Doan to get the nod. And I don't know if Shane ever wanted the job or not, but um, you think of what Joe Sackick's playing days and transitioning and knowing what kind of style. And, and not only that, but I think he gets the respect of the players. I'm not saying that that, that Bill Armstrong is going to have a problem with that. I don't, I don't foresee that, or I don't want to pers- you know, throw that out there. But uh, how could you not? come to work every day ready to play if Joe Sackick's your GM or if Shane Doan's your GM or if George McPhee or Kelly McCrimmon are your GM. I mean, those guys just demand excellence. And no matter what you're feeling, uh, you feel, I think, as a player, like I must perform for these guys, right? Uh, and I must yeah. give it 100% for these guys. So I hope that Bill Armstrong is able to generate that within the Coyotes organization. But uh, man, oh, man. Joe Sackick has done it in Colorado. We're glad to have them on board as part of our uh, coverage area now. Uh, we look forward to a really, really fun 2021 season and beyond. Uh, great job again tonight with your uh, GM hat. I know you, you kind of tipped it to Joe a little bit and didn't really want to step on his toes. but <laughs> Yeah, and, I'll, and I will say, besides the two days when Colorado lifted the cup in 96 and 01, the two other days that will live in infamy for that franchise. The first one is December 6, 1995, when Patrick Waugh was traded to Colorado. And the right. second one was November 5th, 2017, when Joe Sackick pulled off that phenomenal trade that sent out one player and brought them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, no, eight pieces, eight pieces. So those four days really kind of sum up the, well, that's not true. That's not fair. But those four days are probably the most famous in that history. And, and Joe Sackick has been a part of three of them um, not being the Patrick Watt trade deal. But, I mean, that that just shows, like what you had said, that this guy is really a staple in the Avalanche organization. And um, it really kind of shows – shows the kind of respect that these players have for him and 
and are willing to to work with him cap wise, salary wise, whatever. But he, he's definitely the guy. The guy, if you're going to learn to do it, he's definitely the guy to to learn from right now. And you know, it all starts at the top and goes down. So that's yep. exactly what the Coyotes need to do right now. They need to uh, to put Bill Armstrong in a position to uh, be successful. I hope that happens. My fingers are crossed that it will happen. And I think um, they will. You know what? We'll look at it from that point. But uh, next week, we're talking uh, the eve of the draft when we come on the air next week, and we'll see if we can <laughs> we'll see if we can find somebody that is a quote unquote draft expert to uh, to join us next week. But for now, great show. Our thanks to uh, Reagan Smith, uh, Colorado native, uh, ASU student, to graduate this fall, and the Cronkite student as well. Um, Zach, take it away with your read, and we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. All right. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Voted the Best Ford Dealer in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him I time Hockey SW sent you. This is the top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, our dining room, in accordance with CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, see Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time, anytime, it's always time for barbecue at Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy Summer Skates, our line of shower shoes. You can show off your fandom of teams. With custom designs, visit summerskates.com. Behind the mask, it's time. Oops, hold on. I'm sorry. It's time to get back to hockey. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties here. I apologize to our sponsors. I'll get you all in, I promise. Uh, let's see. We're going to start back over with Behind the Mask. It's time to get back to hockey. For all our hockey needs, visit our three locations. Go to behindthemask.com. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe. Buy ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Cancy on Tequila. Find your bottle that suits your taste. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy M-Drive. Go to M-DriveForMen.com. Use promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. Buy Ice Den, Scottsdale, and Chandler. Visit our website for ice availability. Pro Hockey Southwest Weekly and all your Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IceTimeSW.com network. Very well done, my friend. I know that is a long, difficult read to get through, especially when you're doing it live. Uh, nice job, though. And uh, we'll say goodnight, like I said, with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Shout out again to the Tampa Bay Lightning for, uh, for capturing the 2020 Stanley Cup. I know there will be a huge celebration in Tampa Bay. Uh, let's just hope it's all safe. Wear your mask, stay social distance, and uh, celebrate uh, as you can. Uh, Zach and I will be back again Sunday night. Tomorrow night is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Paul Hornstein and myself as well. And, uh, of course, Wednesday night. Uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly with myself and Stephen Marsh. I do want to also throw out that we will be in Vegas on October 1 for the 1 October Blood Drive. Uh, doing a little feature on just how Vegas has handled the three-year anniversary of the deadliest shooting 
uh, on American soil. So uh, we'll be there for the blood drive. We'll be checking things out uh, with the Golden Knights, the Silver Knights, and UNLV. So good night for now.